0: You're listening to 2.23am with Dr. Christine McDougall. Are you ready for a new
1: kind of success and fulfillment? End the silent struggle. Join us as Dr. Christine McDougall speaks to successful, high-achieving men as they share their journey towards a more fulfilling and sustainable life and business and discover the better alternative. It's 2.23am and the life of your future is calling.
2: My guest this week is Matt Desmere. A seemingly insatiable curiosity, distinctive laugh, and unique dress sense are three of Desmere's most prominent features, but it's his ability as a branding strategist that truly sets him apart from his peers. Having originally trained as a designer before realizing his talents lay elsewhere, Matt is able to apply a design-thinking approach to help businesses understand their positioning, their messaging and their audience's motivations, and he uses these tools to help authentic brands evolve. Through his agency, Wise Old Uncle, a loose collective of equally talented individuals, Desmia and his team have worked with some impressive organisations, including the UK's largest crowdfunding platform, the UK's most respected insurance company, and a global leader in mapping technology, helping them discover their voice, grow their audience, and develop products and services fit for the 21st century. A regular feature on many annual digital lists, including the BIMA's Top 100, the Maserati 100, and the Digital Leaders Top 100, where he came runner-up as SME Digital Leader of the Year, Matt is an influential design champion in the UK And his counsel has been sought by the likes of 10 Downing Street and St. James Palace, as well as some other far less prestigious organisations. When he's not busy running around helping brands, he's busy running around picking up after his two young children, or as a keen runner, he's just busy running. This conversation with the wonderful human who is Matt Desmere is delightful, ranging from being a hands-on committed father to holding events with only women speakers, to dealing with the darkness of depression and anxiety, and much more. I hope you enjoy this wonderful episode. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good morning, uh, Matt Desmier. It's lovely to have you hello, on me. Hello. <laughs> uh so um matt and i first met in 2015 when he was very kind to fly from the uk to australia very long flight uh for the first time to be part of a um, big blue sky event and everybody loved him so much that we got him to come back a second time and so uh matt thank you for joining and I'm going to open with it because part of the reason for this podcast is to explore the uh, from a ma- male point of view what it means to be a man in today's world. So, what are the things that you're in in your current like in this this time frame? What are the challenges that you may or may not be facing uh, uh, in showing up? Masculine in a world where there is a lot of identity politics and gender and all of that sort of stuff.
0: Gosh, uh, hello, Christine. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, was it really twenty fifteen? Seems like yesterday. Yeah. Um, so, th- th- I mean, that's a big question. What does it feel like to uh, mean to be a man? So, um, actually, i i um, I went to a, I went to a workshop. Uh, recently, one run by a chap called David Hyatt, who founded um, founded the Do Lectures and Hutt Denim and a bunch of other companies. Uh, and there was 100 people in the room, and, he, and and although it was a great workshop, he did that awful thing at the beginning where everyone had to stand up and introduce themselves and say something about themselves. Uh, and there's 100 people in the room, so this is really... Getting laborious by the time it got to me, I was maybe number 70. Um, so, and, and everyone before me had got up and said what they did for work, what their role was built around their job. So I stood up and introduced myself as being a single father of two children, uh, and that, that was the challenge that I had. In my life, that that was my identity was was trying to be the best father I could to those two um, and 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 for me being being a being a man in in today's world, be it business or life um and actually the two aren't you know mutually exclusive yeah. um being being a dad is is the challenge to me um it's not it's not something that i feel is as visible a thing as as perhaps people recognising mums i don't think dads are recognised as much we we get short shrift
2: mm. oh well yeah i i think there has been a, a cultural and historical uh short shifting of that um, definitely uh and yet also there are there are there are more men who genuinely want to sort of occupy the space of fatherhood with greater uh input and 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 presence yeah. actually more presence than anything you know I, they want to actively that's my observation they want to actively be engaged with with being uh fathers because when yeah. i yeah, um, so,
0: yeah go ahead well you know so so when i launched wise old uncle so my my company it i was up until that point i was head of partnerships at uh, a company called southwest screen which was transforming into what is now creative england so out of the remnants of the uk film council this this new body emerged which was to represent the creative and digital economy of the UK and I was head of partnerships it was a big role Um, but my now ex-wife and I just had our second child I was getting up at 6 a.m. or leaving the house at at half six not getting back till half seven eight o'clock and and I had these two kids that I wasn't seeing and I didn't have children to see them at weekends i had children to experience them so i quit that job and i started wise old uncle so that i could manage my time and and now um i mean i'm very fortunate that my ex-wife and i are still great great friends and it is a it is a real shame that our marriage broke down but it did um but we share the children 50 50 Mm -hmm. and I now have and so that's one week on one week off and I have no problem not turning up to meetings because my children come first and I have no problem not organizing meetings before 10am because I take my kids to school and two days a week I finish work at half past three because I pick my children up and and I shoulder that responsibility. But you, you'll you be surprised, or at least I'm surprised, um, at the reactions I get from other companies. Oh,
2: say more about yeah.
0: that, the reactions that you get from other companies. Well, you, you know, I will sort of just go, ah, oh, sorry, I can't. I can't come, you know, I, so I live in Bournemouth, I live in mm. Bournemouth, it's on the south coast of the UK, uh, it's uh, a, just under two hours on a train from London, and, and a lot of my work is in London,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so I was say, yeah, I can't meet you before 12 o'clock,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and, you know, you get that quizzical look, why, it's like, well, because I've got to take my kids to school, and so I'm not going to get on a train until quarter to 10. And so that train's not going to get me into London till 12. And they're like, well, can't you just get an early train? Can't someone else take the children? I was like, well, they can. I just don't want them to. Mm-hmm. I want to take children to school. That's my job. It's And it's far more important than whatever job you want me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will you will get the best out of me when when we're coming at this from from a from a level playing field from you know when there is a, a proper understanding of what's important to me and then i can understand what's important to you mm. and and that reciproc- reciprocation is is very important to me mm.
2: Right. And so, uh, I mean, you're you're actually identifying what women who step into careers while being
0: (laughs) 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 I sound like I've had this (laughs) epiphany where actually 51% of the world's population have to encounter this on a daily basis. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes, yes, and 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 uh, and aghast, aghast. It happens well before there is children actually present. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: So, uh, but you, you know, I, I have to say though that that it's just fantastic, from my point of view, uh, to hear that more men are choosing to be actively and hands-on engaged with children raising and and I I think you you have two boys and it's right. such a phenomenal thing to to be the model to them of what fatherhood looks like now because I didn't oh, have that yeah. when I was my my dad was always at work
0: yeah, um, as as was mine. I mean, I I I had an incredibly happy childhood, um, uh, but but my dad, uh, was was always at work, and and work was was, he was probably flying somewhere in the world. So he he had a very senior role at a software company, um, and was was always somewhere in between the United States or Japan or Germany. Uh, and so there was very little hands on hands-on, hands-on father-son time. But I I admired him incredibly and looked up to him an awful lot. And but I was also very fortunate to have two older sisters and a stay-at-home mom, and a and a very warm encouraging, cosy home life. Um, And and that's all I ever wanted to replicate. However, you know, with a very hands-on mum that I had, I wanted to be very hands-on with my kids. I've got four nieces and a nephew, so I spent a lot of time around young children, and they're just so funny. (laughs) They were just so much fun that when I had children, I was like, I don't want, I don't want to miss this. Mm-hmm. This is this is these are the fun bits. And so it was it was a conscious decision I made that was, you know, perhaps not the norm um mm. to to be more involved and then, you know, I, I talk about the marriage breakdown, but when when Tony, my ex-wife and I split up, the thing that we were in, incredibly keen to maintain was a semblance of normality for the children that she'd come from a broken home whereas I hadn't and And we didn't want her experiences replicated on our boys. So, you know, we we maintained a a good friendship and we are Genuinely good friends.
2: Well, that's great. Fantastic. And so with your boy with your boys and raising your boys Uh, Yeah. Is there anything that you're doing other than that, which is the the demonstration of fatherhood? um, Other than that, uh, is there anything that you're you're doing differently as well with them to sort of prepare them for this 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 world where the the gender sort of issues are much more merged? Uh, in, which is what we hope in the future, <laughs> uh, less separate, much more merged um, than they are currently, where there's a, still a really strong separation between who does what and roles, etc., cetera, et cetera? Do you understand uh, the question?
0: Well, yeah, I, I mean, look, so <laughs> uh, I... I am quite a keen dancer. I've got some moves and I was keen that <laughs> I was I was keen that that my children in, inherited my hips. Um so uh yeah so so I okay. I took them to dance houses at a very early age. Um they they didn't enjoy it. <laughs> but i was of the opinion this this is this is a skill you need to develop you know you'll 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 thank me later in life so yeah so they they both did dancing and carter my youngest uh is a keen cook so um it was his birthday 10 days ago and uh he got a food processor
2: all right so
0: so you know it was his eighth birthday and he got a food processor so that we can make cakes Love so it. that he can cook so that you know so that we can do it. and he and he sees me cooking and you know they see me dancing but they 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 don't want to see me dancing they don't like they don't like seeing dad dance uh so you know but we we grew, I grew up in a very matriarchal environment. Mm-hmm. Um my dad's got four sisters uh and and his was a was was a house run by his mother. Um I've got two sisters and as I said my dad was working away a lot. Uh I've got four nieces. Um in in our in our extant, extended family uh the women far outweigh the boys the mm-hmm. men um and and so we they're growing and we spend a lot of time with the extended family uh so they spend a lot of time around around women and then you know they see some of the things that I'm doing i suppose um one of the reasons for, for anyone listening, uh, one of the reasons why you guys so kindly invited me over to Big Blue Sky that first year was was off the back of a conference series that I used to run in the UK called Silicon Beach and two, I did ten of those events over the course of eight years and they were incredibly successful you know we had a, a, a five, generated five million page impressions each year, I was made able to encourage some amazing speakers. But the point is that right from the start, um, I insisted on a 50-50 gender split of speakers. And even more than that, for two of those events, I ran as all-female lineups. I didn't tell anyone they were all-female lineups. I let I let the audience notice that for themselves. Um, and then I, I set up and ran a a women's network. I not solely on my own. I, I did it in collaboration with with some women, but I, you know I was in, I was heavily involved in that because I want I want my children to see um, powerful, strong, successful women around them. My my new partner, Kate, um, she runs her own business. And it is way more successful than mine. <laughs> um she's got some incredible clients, she's incredibly busy, she's incredibly driven, and they get to spend an awful lot of time with her. Wow. So that so they, they 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 their role models are I guess in, in many ways their role models are kind of reversed. So when they're when they're here at, at my home or our home, um Kate's the main breadwinner in the house. Kate's the one who's, who's doing a lot of the work, and, and me and the boys are the ones that are keeping the house running. Right. You know They still see me as successful, yeah. and, and, I, and I am reasonably. Um, but Kate is definitely far more successful in this house.
2: Yeah. And so how does that well, – well, first of all, bravo, because everything that you said there uh, – I am just delighted to hear for multiple reasons uh, and and it's and it's unusual and progressive, but of course you are unusual and progressive <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes uh I may share a photo of you at big blue Sky <laughs> <laughs> uh in your unusual and progressive uh <laughs> um, outfit. Um, so, how does it land for you?
1: How,
2: um, being in a household where you have uh, Kate is the 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 in parenthesis However, you want to define a success, but the major major bread breadwinner and so on. Is there any part yeah. of that that makes you go that uh, that challenges challenges you to any degree?
0: Uh, look, I I won't deny that that. On the odd occasion it 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 dents your pride a little, but I mean it is it is a rare, rare, rare occasion. Uh I'm not that materialistic, I'm not that But bol- I'm just I'm just glad that I live in a happy home. I'm just glad that in this current turbulent uh societal place we find ourselves in that that I've got a roof over my head and food on the table um I'm I am blessed that that this I, I've got a nice home mm-hmm. um I pay my way I, listen look, she when I say Kate's the main breadwinner Kate is 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 the more successful out of the pair of us mm-hmm. uh, if you look back throughout her career her career was way more successful than, than mine was. She reached the heady heights of head of partnerships at a global media agency. She ran some global advertising campaigns. She's a known figure in her industry. Um I, I'm small fry compared to that. We were we were at a party on Saturday night. It was one of her friends 40th. And, and and I was I was the plus one and it was me being trotted around and being, uh, being introduced to everyone and all these, these wonderful movers and shakers uh, in her world. And, and as we left, because neither of us are drinking at the moment, so we were very compass when we left, uh, we, were in, we were in the taxi going back and she, she was apologising. And I was like, "What? What? What are you apologising for? I just got to stand around and nod and smile, and I could dance freely, and I—I I didn't have to have a name conversations with people. I, you know, yeah, I had a great night. Um, and so, you know, sometimes when the roles are reversed like that, it's quite nice.
2: Yeah, very nice, very good." So, so tell me, uh, sort of stepping and in, looking into the larger context of the world and, and we'll just, we're, so in this particular inquiry, we're looking at predominantly sort of gender issues, um, masculine, feminine sort of areas. Uh, given the rise of things like Me Too and a lot of the, uh, Sort of like the the ongoing tensions, for example, uh, the uh, uh, wage disparity and all of that sort of stuff. But uh, but but it, it, particularly uh, the number of accusations that are being made towards men for sexual impropriety or or aggression or whatever else like that has that how does that all land for you does that affect the way that uh and I I think I already know the answer to this but does that affect the way that you engage or do you see it affecting the way other people engaging um with within workplaces
0: uh I I I get I get I guess because actually it one would hope that there has been such a wave of awareness of what is obviously a a long standing deep rooted problem that's inbuilt into the male psyche for some reason uh you know that that actually has been brought such to the fore that one would hope that you do see uh the repercussions in in the workplace from for me, like you know going back to something I, I i said two minutes ago, I grew up in a house surrounded by women. Mm. Um, I knew my place i I was very fortunate to have been brought up uh knowing how to act respectfully around women um and, and and you know look I I in my younger years I might have used that to to my advantage you know it meant that <laughs> I was I was able to to have easier com- I found it much easier to talk to women in, in a way it meant that they would, they would listen and want to talk to me. So I was able to form relationships with women. Um, but I can remember a conversation with a friend of mine called Daniele dacca and, and he talked about uh, he'd been invited out to dinner. Now, this is a he was head of innovation at a global ad agency. Uh, he'd recently left that and he was just setting out on his own. And he'd been invited out to dinner, and it was with a bunch of creative directors. So he duly went, you know, he's a guy, gets invited out to dinner all the time. He turned up, and he was the only guy.
1: Mm -hmm. It
0: was a table of 12 women, 12 female creative directors, and he was the only chap. And he uh, 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 didn't think anything of it to start off with. But as the night went on, he said he physically felt himself um, retract back from the conversation, not be involved, not be so forthcoming. And he suddenly went, "Oh my God, I've I've suddenly experienced what women must have been experiencing for years, for decades." Uh, and it was and it was a light bulb moment for him. And so it was from that that I then went and started. Running the the women's network in Bournemouth, and and so you know slightly ahead of that curve, I was trying to do my part for a Me Too thing. Yeah. Now that you now you see, I remember. Funnily enough, I remember when um, when I did the very first She Who Dares Wins event, I invited. A managing director of uh, a small digital agency to come and participate, uh, and she said no. She didn't want to do it. She didn't want to be involved in an all-women network. She didn't want. To, she was not interested in gender politics. It didn't matter to her. She got where she got on the merits of her capabilities and nothing more. And I was like, well, that's fantastic. That is brilliant. And that's the story we want to tell. Unfortunately, I think you're in the minority. And if you could get up and tell that story, you might move the needle a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so what I think is happening with the with the Me Too movement and uh is the, the needle's being moved. And it's got to be moved so so far to one side. To bring it back to to a to a point of of where it's level, mm-hmm. you know, we've got we've got to have more and more accusations. That because I don't think right now the major you you maybe we've got the majority of men, but you don't have all the men. You maybe 51% of men now recognizing that there perhaps is a problem. You need to get it to 80% of men. we need more accusation we need more illuminating shows of bad behavior that men have done Mm -hmm. so that the next generation of men don't act that way
2: Mm. yeah so
0: it's generational isn't it i think the generational thing is if your father acted that way then you're perhaps going to act that way Mm. so now we've got A generation of people finding out that their fathers uh, acted in a way so now they've got to change the way they act so that their children, my children, are gonna grow up and be more understanding and more respectful so I think we're gonna it's gonna take another 10-15 years to to to, and sadly, sadly, it's going to take another ten fifteen years until we get to a place where it is the norm that that women are treated respectfully.
2: Well, I hope your if, estimation is right. It sounds, uh, in actual fact, uh, the United Nations did a study on this and said that the earliest estimate, based based on the speed that we're moving now, is seventy four years but <laughs> oh my word <laughs> well, well if you have a look at, yeah you have a look at a lot of the industries and uh and they're not switching at all they're they're uh and this is where i sort of uh and they're not um they're not switching most tech companies that are creating the future are are stacked full of guys so the, yeah, the paper- and, and, and it's
0: awful as well, isn't it? That I I was reading that you know Sheryl Sandberg, uh, the the chief operating officer at Facebook, uh, has done so much positive stuff um, um, with, and her Lean In book, and I've and I've watched some of her talks on YouTube, and I've listened to interviews with her on podcasts, and and I just think she's an incredible role model, right? and and she did so much to 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 raise the consciousness of this and now i'm just reading articles uh, on linkedin and across social media that are tearing her down mm. that are undermining the things that she said saying actually she doesn't she, she might talk like that, but she acts like, she is a ruthless business person, and she acts the same way that every other man around the board table acts, and she might talk about leaning in, but she seriously, she leans back, and I just don't think that's, I don't think that's right or fair, I think there is a yin and yang, there is an ebb and flow to everything, and and you know what, as long as as, as as your as your base point, your starting point is that of a good person doing the right thing with the right intentions and and the self-awareness to know that you are a good person mm. with the right intentions. Um then yeah sometimes she may have to act like a, a ruthless person around a business table. And maybe she does have to Lower herself to 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 the, the male level in the room, but the majority of the time she's pushing the pushing the needle in the right direction.
2: So I think the and I, and when yeah sorry, I think the issue
0: sort of, when the media and and social media and and actually it's not even media, is it? It's just it's just commentators. It's people like me who who have an opinion and now have have a platform that i can put that opinion on and it can spread like wildfire and and i don't have to back it up with any kind of evidence or 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 anything i could just say well it's my opinion um that that undermines some good work that people are doing
2: yeah I think the issue, and i we won 't fall down this rabbit hole because it 's complicated and it involves <laughs> and, it, and it involves somebody who is not present, but I think the issue with Cheryl is that um, good person in reference particularly in reference to the work that she 's promoted around women however the the part of the issue that 's arising right now is some of the actions and the decisions that they 've made in reference to Facebook definitely shows. Yes some not it's very good
1: stuff.
2: no it definitely shows some not very good people <laughs> yeah. and so that that's the issue but anyway so but I'm I'm really curious Matt um why you care so deeply about so why did you start the the uh the the women's group and so on I, I'm not going to get the name right but so why do you care <laughs> why do you care about this um <laughs>
0: uh it's, it's all very selfish reasons um i um i i wrote a blog post many years ago uh that said i was i'm an information junkie um i love learning i i got i got kicked out of school uh well i got asked to leave or asked not to come back um i was not the world's greatest student I didn't end up going to university or doing anything um, until I was in my mid twenties. I went to university when i was twenty three twenty four uh and it was then that I discovered the joy of learning
1: mm-hmm. of
0: of education and of trying to push myself further mm-hmm. uh and so and then I had a very fortunate career where I was paid to go to conferences. And I was paid to learn and paid to network, and I was getting only half the story i was I was only ever hearing male voices and male opinions and and you know i i, I it didn't twig straight away and then i I went to another conference and someone and I learned about the 3% movement and this this was a statistic that at that point only 3% of the world's creative directors were women
1: Mm.
0: yet 80% of household budgets are controlled by women so you've got men Pushing their thoughts and their ideas, trying to convince women to buy stuff, Uh, and I was like, "That ratio is not right. I must be missing a lot of the story." And so, and so, I went out searching to hear a female perspective, and and it was really hard to find one. Mm. So, so I created, I created my own network, Mm. and like I say, it was purely purely selfish. It was so that I could hear more female voices, and 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 so that you know, I wanted to share that, that I'm a I'm a big believer in in uh, in the the wisdom of crowds and power of sharing, and 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 my product is only worth what it is uh, by times by the the size of my network. Mm. So if I can grow my network. And I can share that network with more people and more people learn. all boats rise with the tide. So if I can raise everybody's consciousness, then 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 I'm going to do better as a result. So that was where that thought came from
2: Now, Well, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, a couple of things about that because I would I, 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 from my perspective, not being in the creative industry, I see that the creative industry has enabled greater access. For women of recent times, is that is that true, or is that just my my blind perception?
0: No, I think I think it is true. I think you know the thing with the creative industries, or media, design, advertising, that sort of thing, is these are the most these are the more progressive industries. Mm-hmm. These <laughs> media to give it its its big to be make it a catch all is is where disruption tends to happen it, it, it tends to they do the things first so that the rest all the other industries can catch up behind at least that was that's what I was taught when I did my master's degree
2: <laughs> well now I'm going to say to you, okay, so the tech industry ha uh, excuse me the tech industry yeah. obviously hasn't done their math on the 3% uh, <laughs> they haven't sat down and figured out that that uh that they i don't know what the the percentage is but it's pretty low they haven't obviously figured out that a lot of the technology that they're making and creating and selling <laughs> is not only going to be used by women all of that sort of stuff they haven't figured out the math yet uh, and so I'm waiting None. with bated breath for for somebody, a Matt Desmier, to come along and go, "Okay, tech industry, roll up our sleeves, let's get this." <laughs> oh,
0: you know, it, it's it's the, it's the Western tech industry. Mm-hmm. It's it's the it's the the West. You know, I've for the past couple of years, I have attended and spoken at a conference in Montenegro. Uh, which is uh, an old Eastern Bloc country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's 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 on, it's, it's around the, the the area around the former Yugoslavia, um, and and I've spoken at a tech conference there called Spark. And earlier this year, I went and spoke in Macedonia, which is uh, part of the former Yugoslavia,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and at a tech conference there called AllWeb and the thing that was surprising about both of those events is the audience was predominantly female wow there were there were more women in those audiences than there are men
2: mm-hmm.
0: so we have this idea because of the likes of facebook at silicon valley and uh london you know these these two big big centralized areas of tech activity uh, that are potentially leading the way or at least are the most visible places and they are full of that bro culture. Mm -hmm. They are started by young geeks Geeks will inherit the the earth. The, they, these are the guys with the skills to know how to do the coding at the moment. And they're the guys that are that the VCs are throwing the money behind because in the Western world, you don't get that many female coders. Mm. Um, and we need to do we need to do more to encourage it. And, and there are there are lots of movements. Uh, this girl can girl. Geek Girl, um, and there's the, some other networks that are encouraging more and more young women into that space. Um, but then what we need is more and more people to encourage young female leaders into that space.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and I don't know if if we have that because we still have that uh, mentality of... of Men run boardrooms.
2: Yeah. We need and, more
0: women at boardrooms.
2: Yeah. And there, and there is, to a degree, quite a toxic bro culture, as has been evidenced in, in places like Uber and so on. So it <laughs> makes yeah. it very difficult. So I'm just going to switch tracks for a second um, and ask you um, some of the questions that I uh, have asked quite a few different people. Uh, to be vulnerable... What does that mean for you to be vulnerable?
0: Um, well, it's it's about being honest and 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 true, true to yourself. Look, I I wear my heart on my sleeve a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm a quite an open and honest person. I've I've spoken quite openly about. Mental health issues that I've, engaged, I've encountered in the past. I talk openly about my children. I talk openly about um, the my my marriage uh, not not working out. I talk openly about uh, the challenging year in business that I've had this mm-hmm. past year. Yeah, I I for me. Being vulnerable is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I think demonstrating your vulnerability is is to be human. is to is to just it means that people know what they're getting mm-hmm. from you.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, I the thing that I do my my day to day work is um, is branding. I I I'm a brand consultant. I go speak to to, to agencies, to, to brands and to, to larger companies uh, about how they can work on their branding.
1: Mm-hmm. And this
0: isn't about logos. This is about how they present themselves. This is their positioning yeah. and their messaging. And and uh, and it is about not lying. Not yeah. lying to yourself and not lying to an audience. And And understanding that if you are vulnerable, that doesn't mean you are weak. That means that you are aware. You are aware, mm-hmm.
2: right? Right.
0: That's right.
2: Yeah, and it also enables other people to engage with you uh, with more. Uh, I'm going to use the word authenticity in parentheses, but it, uh, because it's an overused word, but it enables a more human to human, real human to human connectivity when when somebody is able to be vulnerable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it, no, it, it the 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 vulnerable's, vulnerable vulnerable as a word has has got a bad rap, hasn't it? Because mm-hmm. uh, it, you immediately think it means weak, and and it and I don't think it does mean weak. Mean weak. It means that that the the more sinister people in society might be able to exploit your vulnerability.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but that doesn't make you as a vulnerable person weak it just means you are aware of your fallibility i suppose
2: yeah yeah and uh, a very clever person is going to find your weakness and exploit it anyway it doesn't matter whether you project (laughs) a persona that is yeah but it it means that you when
0: if you're if you know i guess that obviously there are things you want to keep private um But, but if you, if you, my, my life is an open book and I am not ashamed of anything. And, and if people want to speak to me about it, I will. I won't, I'm not going to wear my vulnerability on my sleeve as a badge of honor, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not going to run away from it either.
2: Right. So, what about uh, power? Your power, your own, your own power, and the, your experience of power from other people at this time.
0: Gosh, hmm. uh, so I am a ridiculously confident person. <laughs> uh, and that gives me power uh it it I (laughs) yeah I think I think I am quite confident in who I am I know who I am and this comes off the back of, of being aware of my vulnerabilities and being aware of I've not hidden anything, I'm not really lying about anything, really lying. I'm not lying, I'm not lying. Uh, and so the the power I get from that is I know my place, I know my worth,
1: mm-hmm. and it's
0: that knowing my worth, and it's being so currently, I execute my power by not readily negotiating with people. Mm-hmm. I know my worth, and I won't play that power game. Right. So when when I left my last full-time employment, um, my boss, my, she was a female CEO, and uh, I, I'd already made my mind up that I wasn't going to stay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd got to the end of a year's contract. And and I and I wasn't going to stay. And and she'd been playing these mind games with me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she'd been building up to this negotiation. So I had to go in to sit in her office. And she 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 did the the thing where her chair was higher than mine. She she was playing all of these games so that she could negotiate uh, a pay deal mm-hmm. and and knock me down some money. And so, my power play <laughs> at that point was when we sat down. I just turned around and said, "Just before you start uh I've had a great year. I don't want to carry on this contract
1: mm-hmm.
0: and And it sort of knocked the wind out of her sails because she'd been building up to this big, powerful moment where she was going to lord it over me, but I'd managed to turn the turn the table by by just taking that power away, mm-hmm. now we can have a con- at which point as I was like, we can have a conversation about my performance mm-hmm. and what you think about my performance, and I'm going to tell you what I think about your performance because, you know, th- it, this is just a conversation now. Yeah, and and it was a very strange dynamic at that point.
2: Right. So where did you get this confidence?
0: Um. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I really I really don't know. Uh, there's there's this there's this story I tell about, you know, I, I suffer from a from a strange form of paranoia that people are going to forget who I am. Right. And so uh and and because I wrestle with that paranoia, I don't want people to forget who I am. So I I need to know who I am mm-hmm. so I've spent a lot of time looking at myself to know what makes me tick what what who what the best bits about me are, and they 're the bits that I want people to see, yeah, and I want them to see them louder and bigger and brighter than everyone else because I desperately don't want them to forget them my My eldest sister, Laura, claims. She's she's six years older than me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she claims to have no memory of me before I was sixteen years old.
1: Wow!
0: She doesn't remember me being around, and and I think somewhere in my psyche, that has lodged. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I I don't want that to ever happen again. So 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 I will wear. A flowery short suit to a to a uh, conference, or I will wear a, a dicky bow when no one else is, or I will wear I've got a, an array of different glasses, or I've got quite a distinctive laugh, or I I've got quite a loud voice, um, and and I'm not I don't get embarrassed because uh, for me embarrassment is that I'm, I'm kind of, a, if I'm embarrassed it's because I'm ashamed of that thing that I've done or, or that's happened that I can't do anything about now, so what does it matter anyway? Right. So I don't get embarrassed um, because I, I want to be seen and heard and remembered, I guess, I guess that's where my confidence comes from.
2: That, that's a great answer. So, so you mentioned that you've, you've had, uh, you have had some mental, um, I think I heard you say some mental health issues and so on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so, so uh, um, what did you do uh, when you were aware that, that you were going through something like that? What was your sort of, and, and what so first of all, what did you do? What did you learn from that process and what would you recommend to other people?
0: Um, so I have suffered with depression uh, and an anxiety. <laughs> with strange juxtaposition, talking about how I don't get embarrassed and I'm incredibly yeah. confident. Um, I have suffered with, with depression and anxiety to to, to greater or lesser degrees uh, since I was 19, mm-hmm. uh, and I am I am 45 in two weeks' time. Oh right. So. Yeah. So yeah. So I have I have suffered on Christmas uh, Day. On, no, Christmas Eve. I'm Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve.
2: That's right. Christmas
0: Eve. That's right. Christmas Eve. <laughs> um, so yeah. So when I was when I was nineteen, I I ended up bedridden with what is now called chronic fatigue syndrome, and I suffered incredibly. Uh, at the time for me uh with with depression and just a sense of not belonging of not, it, it was it was an awful awful time where i couldn't get motivated to do anything to uh, to to even exist uh i was i was not in a good place at all and i ended up on medication mm mm-hmm. And and that I guess I guess that worked for a bit, but what I found with the and 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 at some points I wonder if it, if it it may have been bipolar, although I think that does disservice to then people who do suffer from that because what I found with the medication was it just numbed me
1: mm-hmm.
0: and 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 i was self aware enough that i knew that i wanted to feel something rather than nothing and at least if the something i was feeling was 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 depression and and darkness that was better than feeling nothing at all wow. and so rather than numb myself to deal with these issues i'd find another way mm-hmm. so the other way that i found was i i read a lot uh about various religions i was i was brought up a catholic i wasn't a practicing catholic i probably wasn't even a pra- practicing christian i read a lot about spiritualism i read a lot about hinduism i read a lot about i read a lot about I read a lot of self-help books. Mm-hmm. Deepak Chopra. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of Deepak Chopra. I read a lot about positive mental attitude. Mm-hmm. I read a lot about these things, and and so I think that coinciding with actual the chemical help that the the, the drugs help that gave me, mm-hmm. you know, they they probably leveled out some something in me
1: mm-hmm.
0: that that got the chem- chemical imbalance balanced again to the point where I didn't want to feel numb and then I went on a journey of Mm self-discovery to try and learn to manage it myself and and it returns all the time. I still struggle with depression. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't struggle with anxiety quite so much. Uh, I struggle with depression I struggle with that from time to time it ebbs and flows Um, but I am fortunate that I've learned to to work at it so I practice mindfulness Mm -hmm. I I practice stopping Mm -hmm. being aware that that darkness is, is entering into my life, mm-hmm. and stopping it and recognizing it and not hiding from it. So sometimes sometimes I might spend a couple of days wallowing in it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I might just spend a couple of days feeling really sorry for myself. Sometimes there'll be weeks when I might not get out of bed. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll just feel a bit sorry for myself and i'll and I'll let this feeling in so that I can become aware of it so I can push it out again mm-hmm. um I've become uh I run now, mm-hmm. so you know, it's it was seven thirty in the morning when when over here when mm-hmm. we spoke, I'd got up at six and been for a five day run, which is unheard of
2: yes uh, two years ago for me. Wow.
0: (laughs) And I uh try and limit uh my drinking. So like I said I've not I've not touched a drop of alcohol in four weeks
1: Mm -hmm.
0: now. Uh I don't know if I'll drink alcohol again. Mm -hmm. Uh I'm not saying I won't but right now it's not i i i want to i want to feel i want to feel yes. yeah <laughs> and 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 sometimes you know what uh alcohol and other substances don't allow that mm. so 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 how so you know long answer is, the short answer to this is, is is i am fortunate that i am aware of my issues and I am fortunate that I can see them coming and I am fortunate that I have been through it and now I will go, I will come out the other side again.
2: Right. Well, thank you very much for sharing. Uh Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Say that again.
0: And I have a a counsellor I go and speak to. Oh,
2: okay. Very good. Okay. So you do put your hand up as well. Yeah. 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 Right.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Finding finding my counsellor was a godsend. Yeah. Um, she's she's wonderful. I don't I don't see her regularly. Yeah. I see her when I need to see her. Right.
2: Okay. But it's
0: good to have someone I can talk to.
2: Okay. Very nice. So we're coming to a close here, and I just wanted to ask you um, what you would like to tell the audience, <laughs> so people don't forget you. <laughs> oh, other than um, other than you're laughing, <laughs> which we just got, we just yeah, got that. Thank you. Uh, is
1: there
2: anything? Is there anything? What, uh, that, anything memorable that you want to share with people?
1: Oh gosh,
0: the, 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 there is more to me than flowery suits.
2: That's it. there definitely is and I think actually everything that you've shared uh, is very memorable so uh, the shame is that uh, it's only by voice and people can't have an interaction so if people do want to uh, find you, where's the best place?
0: Um, So the best place would be LinkedIn I suppose Mm -hmm. Uh, there is a website Uh, so I've currently got a Tumblr, wiseolduncle.com Mm-hmm. um there is a website that is due in the new year but i've been saying that for at least nine months now
2: okay.
0: um i'm into the I, It's it's been designed and there's a guy waiting to build it we're waiting on me to write the copy and i've got maybe six case studies left to go so i am really confident that by the new year i will have a website at wiseolduncle.com
2: all right lovely well i uh, is there any any final closing comments that you'd like to make?
0: No just, thank you thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. thank you for a wonderful wonderful conversation i've I've thoroughly enjoyed this
2: yes, very nice well, thank you very much for uh, taking the time Matt It's always a pleasure to sp- speak to you. I'm sorry that you're so far away. we don't get to hang out more often oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, on. get me over okay (laughs) working on it all right thanks man bye bye all right thank you bye -bye.
1: to listen to more of these conversations and access the show notes visit 223am.com that's the number two the number two the number three am.com and experience a whole new kind of success and fulfillment If you've got what it takes, experience a session directly with Dr. Christine McDougall. Visit 223am.com and apply now. Thanks for listening.